So, if you haven't been with us for the past two weeks, I encourage you to go online and to catch up with us. Uh, go back and watch uh, the videos or go back and listen to the audio uh, to catch up with us. I'm not going to repeat everything I've said for the past couple of weeks, but listen, just to re recapsulate in a couple of sentences, we were born to hear, but then we have to learn to hear. We have to prepare ourselves to hear. So God created us with ears and a mouth to communicate not only with each other, but with him, right? Before there was Eve, there was Adam. And so Adam and God had a relationship before Eve was brought into the picture. And so God expects us to communicate with him and communicate with each other. That's why he gave us ears and a mouth. And so we're learning how to tune in to the right frequency so that we can hear the voice of God. John 10, verse, verse 3 through 5 says this. Jesus is talking, and he's talking about the gatekeeper. He's talking about the shepherd. He's talking about the sheep. And he says this. He uses the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So, we've noticed a few things from this passage. And again, we've, we've talked for, about that for the past couple of weeks. Today we're going to talk about why God speaks to us and what God speaks to us. The why's and the what. I apologize that we don't have the notes for you this morning. We've been dealing with uh, uh, difficulties with our internet connection, and we didn't have labels for the kids last Sunday or this Sunday. And so, you know, it's amazing how much we depend on technology. And so it just tells us that <laughs> how much we uh, maybe need to disconnect sometimes and that, that's kind of what we're doing through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, that we, we need to hear from God. We don't need to depend so much on uh, all the devotions. Uh, you know, I was speaking to someone yesterday, and they were telling me how many devotions they do it a day. And there's two and three and four and five. And listen, they're all good. But the, the, this point is that there's so many voices out, out in the world today trying to get your attention. But are you listening to the one main voice who knows everything about you, and who also knows your next step. That's God. There are a lot of good things, but are they all God things? And so we're, we're going to look at the reasons why God wants to have an individual conversation with you. Why does God want to talk to you? Why? Remember in Matthew chapter 1, where the angel's telling Mary that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son... And they will call his name Emmanuel. He was quoting from the first covenant, the old covenant. And he used the word Emmanuel. God refers to Jesus as Emmanuel. Emmanuel actually means God with us. And so Jesus is with us. And he wants to speak to us. It's important to remember that God wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to speak to you individually. He, 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 he wants that for all of us. And so the first reason that God 
wants to speak to you is because God wants a real relationship. He wants a real relationship. He, he wants to bring you into a friendship. Friendship. Write this scripture down. Exodus 33, 11. Exodus 33, 11 says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. God wanted to speak to Moses face to face. He didn't, God didn't have to hire a translator to translate from God language into Moses language. In fact, uh, he called Moses by the burning bush. There was something that was strange, and Moses turned aside to see what was happening to this bush. And God was drawing him by this particular sign. And Moses came closer. And the one thing that God told Moses to do that I find so interesting, and it means so much to me, is take your shoes off. Take your sandals off. And so Moses... Now, he probably could slip his shoes off easier than I could pull my, shoe, my shoes off. He could probably slip his sandals off. But what it signifies to me is everything that's man-made needs to come off. Because after Moses took his sandals off and God said, draw near, take your shoes off, God says, you're standing on holy ground. And so God wants to draw us into a relationship where he knows our name and he's calling us to come closer. But we have to remove all those things that are fabricated. We have to remove those man-made things from our life and come closer. And I don't know, I, I, I feel some of you daring me to preach a message <laughs> in my socks. So, I'll just, I'll just preach a message in my socks. Maybe I'll just take off my shirt, my jacket. So, you'll never forget this message. I'm really not in, if you know me, I'm not into gimmickry, really. But this makes a statement. Listen, God wants flesh to flesh. He wants to be real. He wants us to take our mask off. Listen, he already knows everything that you're going to share with him. And so he just wants you to be real. Now, sometimes I, I just tell him, I just meet God and I just say, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated and I'm here because I don't want that frustration in me to turn into frustration against you. Right? I'm just real. I say, Lord... I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do with this person here and this person here. And, you know, I, my wife doesn't know what to do with me. Help me. <laughs> so I, I just have to get before him like I am. He already knows who you are. And I say, Lord, you know me. You made me. And you still love me. And so I'm just going to tell you like it is. Not demand you to do something that I want to do, but I want you to help me see things the way that you see them. And, and you know, when Moses met with God, God shared those, those 
intimate things about Moses' life and Moses' calling and what Moses was going to do through his power, through the power of God. And it only happened as Moses came, came clean with the fabricated stuff and drew close to God and met with God face-to-face as a friend meets a friend. So God, number one, want, the reason that he speaks to us is because he wants a real, real relationship with us. But we have to draw near. The second reason that he wants to meet with us is because he has sure steps. He wants us to have sure steps. He wants to give us guidance. And he wants to take us where he wants us to go rather than where you want to go. Proverbs 3 and verse 6 in the Message Bible says it like this. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere you go, because he's the one that will keep you on track. So if God has a track for you, it's best that you run on the track that he's designed for you, not the track that you choose for yourself. But you have to come close. You have to understand that the reason that he wants to speak to you is so that he can reveal his plan for your life. He's not trying to frustrate you and take you down somewhere that you definitely don't want to go. There's many, many times the Lord has drawn me in a direction because I've been obedient to him and submitted to him, like we were singing this morning, I surrender all, and he's drawing me in a way I really don't want to go because it's not, it's not comfortable, right? But it is doable. But he has sure steps for me. He knows the way that I should go, and he orders my steps. And I'm always looking for the, that order. Okay, Lord, I'm on, I feel like I'm on step number three. Now show me number four, because I don't want to take number six. I know I need to take number four, and I can't get ahead of you. The third reason that God wants to speak to us is because he wants to give us a true view, a true view. He wants to give us his perspective, his perspective. He wants to provide perspective. He wants to show you what he sees. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And so God is walking by faith because he's a faith God. He believes and he speaks before he sees it. And so when he speaks to us, the reason that he speaks to us is because he wants us to walk by faith and not by what we see. He wants to show us and tell us and teach us how to walk like he walks from his perspective. He, he reveals his will. He tells you what he wants, and then he shows you how he sees it. Remember Abraham and Isaac. God told Abraham, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your son, and I want you to take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him for me, to me. And what he was, he, God was not looking for Isaac to die. You study the whole story. God was not looking for Abraham. I mean, Abraham to murder. God doesn't like murder. Okay? But he was asking Abraham to follow by faith, and then he provided a sacrifice instead of Isaac. But the whole lesson was a lesson in faith. And so when God spoke to Abraham, it was by faith, and Abraham received it, that word from the Lord by faith, and then he walked in that will of God by faith. And so Isaac was spared, and so the blessing 
could come on Isaac, just like God designed. So here's what God speaks, four things that God speaks. Number one, we're going to look in 1 Kings chapter 19, 11, and 12. 1 Kings 19, 11, and 12. This is Elijah. Elijah's feeling pretty low, so he goes to hide in a cave, and he sings this woe is me song. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. And nobody knows I'm here. And nobody knows I exist. And God doesn't even like me. And he's hiding in a cave. In verse 11, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. Some versions say a still, small voice. A whisper is a, something spoken with a hushed tone. It's a secret. It's a secret. It is something that you have to cup your ear to hear. You must listen closely. And so, what he said to Elijah is, what are you doing here? He said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What profound words. But he revealed to Elijah in a moment with one phrase what was in his heart. And then he gave him instruction on what was going to happen. Again, God wants to speak to us. But most of the time we're looking for God to speak to us in a spectacular way. Right? We want to hear it like we want to hear it. Reminds me of the time when I was praying about my wife. Or she wasn't my wife at the time. But we were in Bible school, and I was excited, and I was just um, Twitter-pated, I guess would be a good word. I loved this girl on the front row, and I, what I wanted to hear was God telling me to marry her. I said, Lord, whatever you need to do, and, I, and I'm, you know, 20, 21 years, 22 years old, 22 years old, so I wanted God to write it up in the sky. Everybody else, see, you're laughing because you've been there too. You wanted God to write it up in the sky. Write it in a cloud. Show me, you know, let me walk in my bathroom and you write it with a bar of soap up on my, <laughs> on my mirror. You're laughing because <laughs> we, we want a clear word from God. And I'm telling you, two weeks after I went through that struggle, Lord, you've got to tell me because this is the most important decision of my life next to making Jesus my Lord. And, and, and I, I just want to know that I'm doing what you want me to do. And so... I, I am in, in the restroom, in my bathroom, getting ready, and so I'm shaving before I'm going to class in just a few minutes, and I'm just not thinking about anything. You know, the Lord kind of sneaks up on you sometimes. And I'm not thinking about anything. It was about two weeks ago that I was just in turmoil, and I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. I'm not going to hound the Lord with this question. So I'm just shaving one day, and just, you know, when you're, kind of when you're in the bathroom, you're in this auto auto cycle and your mind's not even thinking it's just it's like okay I'm doing what I do and I do what I do and you're in your routine 
all of a sudden the Lord snuck up on me and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, about what? (laughs) I forgot that I was hounding him about the question of marriage. He said, do you want to marry her? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) And he said, that's what you need to do. So it was a confirmation, but it didn't come the way that I wanted it. Uh, So the first thing that God speaks to us, guys, is encouragement. Encouragement. He encourages us. In Joshua chapter 1, he told Joshua, Be strong and of good courage, because the job that I've set before you is going to take the courage and the strength that you don't have, young Joshua. Right? Moses had his day. Moses did what he was supposed to do, but now it's your turn. And so you need to depend on my faithfulness and my strength just like Moses did, but you be of good courage and be strong. Isaiah 55, 3 in the message says this, pay attention, come close now, and listen. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting, lasting covenant commitment with you the same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. And so God is, he's consistent. And his encouragement to you never ceases. He wants to encourage you. Every time he speaks to you, it brings courage in your heart. Even if he asks you to do something difficult, he gives you the strength on the inside from the words that he speaks to you. He he looks at you like Ed looks at his sons and and says, hey, you're going to be great. You're going to do it. I know you were designed for success. God has designed each one of us for success. Romans 8, 16 says in the New Living Translation that the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we're God's children. Isn't that an awesome scripture? The Holy Spirit loves to speak to us. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. And he encourages us by telling us that we're his children. If you're God's child, then you have God's attributes. You have his character. You have his ability living in you. He created you with a destiny for success. Right? Amen. I'm I'm getting excited about this, about, uh, about this encouragement. I'm getting encouraged. So, Bear with me as I get encouraged a little bit. I'm encouraged because the Lord, every time he speaks to me, encourages me. Even when I'm down, even when I think I can't, he says, I know you can. Even when I can't see myself, he says, I saw you and I chose you, so get up. It was, there was one time I was crying. I was just crying. I was, I was uh, in my young 20s, and I was crying. I, I remember where I was, 6900 Roswell Road in Sandy Springs. I could take you to the townhouse right now. It probably doesn't have a washer in it, but it probably burned the building down or, or, or removed it so they could build something else there, right? But I'm hunched over the washer and dryer, and I was just crying my eyes out to the Lord. I just don't know what I'm... Here I am, young, in my early 20s, 20 years old, 21. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna... And all of a sudden, it was like the slack was jerked out of me. He said... Stand up. Stop that. Now, I know that God is moved. He's moved with compassion, 
and he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But there are some times in my own life, and probably in yours too, where the Lord says, you know, you've been crying. Now here, let's dry that up, and I'm going to put some encouragement in you so that you can go out and do what you need to do. And so God speaks to us encouragement. Number two, he speaks direction to us. He speaks direction to us. He told Abraham to leave home. And he told Paul to stay out of Asia. (laughs) Right? He led Joseph and Mary and Peter to flee from danger. And he led Paul to stay on a ship that was going to be wrecked and destroyed. So, it's important to hear what God says and not what we desire him to say. And some people have taught, you know, God gives you the desires of your heart. But you need to think about that scripture in context with the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God. God is not just all about meeting your desires. He has a plan for your life and he has directions that he wants you to take. And sometimes there's some rocks Sometimes there's some boulders that you have to climb over, some mountains that you have to go up, and some valleys that you have to go through. But Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not, what? Fear. Because he's with me, right? He leads me and he guides me, and I have to pay attention to the directions that he's telling me to. He is the ultimate GPS. Luke 2.27, Luke 2.27 says, Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. This is talking about Simeon. Simeon was a prophet who was directed by God to be in the right place at the right time. And to be in the right place at the right time takes knowing the voice of God and stepping in the direction that he tells you at the time that he tells you to. Acts twenty. Verse 22 says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. And this is the Apostle Paul. Paul had an intimate relationship with Jesus. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus and told him things about, Jesus told Paul things about his ministry. But here, Paul is saying that I'm compelled by the Spirit or I'm led by the Spirit to go in this direction to Jerusalem But I don't know what's going to happen to me there. So obviously God doesn't tell you everything. And that needs to be okay. God doesn't owe us to tell us everything. We need to follow by faith. The third thing that he speaks to us is warnings. W-A-R-N-I-N-G-S. I wanted to say that so that you understood the word. Because we... We kind of push back from that. God at times speaks warnings to us. He wants to warn us because he sees that there is some trouble up ahead. You know? And it's good when God warns us that there's a little trouble up ahead. Listen, he goes before us. And he comes behind us. He's our rear guard. He, he guards us in the rear and he goes before us and he surrounds us with a shield of favor. But it doesn't mean that every day is going to be this 
cloud 23 experience, right? We're walking on this earth, and there's challenges and tests that we face, and God warns us. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Walk in it. So you expect to hear the voice speaking to you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. The voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Acts 16, verses 6 and 7 says, They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. And so Paul had in his heart to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit had in his heart something totally different. And so Paul went the way of the Holy Spirit rather than his own way. Right? If you come back next week, I'm going to tell you how to, uh, how to recognize the voice of the Spirit of God and how to discern his voice and the litmus, litmus test that we must take everything that we receive from God. Listen, because the Bible says that we should prove, we should prove the Spirit, right? So God speaks to us in warnings. Then the last thing that he speaks to us is dreams. He speaks to us dreams. Acts 2 and verse 17 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And so this is the will of God, that he speak to us, that he communicate to us the dreams and visions. He wants to show us what is possible through his spirit. He wants to fill us with passion for the lost, right? It's not dreams just for us to make a lot of money. Guys, now God is not against prosperity, but that is not his reason for living. His reason for us living on this earth at this point in time is to reach the lost, is to bring people in the kingdom of God, is to make disciples. And so he gives us, Jesus said, look on the fields, they're white unto harvest. We've got to keep our eyes on the harvest and not get distracted by all the things that are around us. He will give us those dreams. He will give us those visions. In, in Job 33 and verse 14, 33, verse 14 and 15, it says, For God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the, of the night. So God is speaking to us. He wants us to accomplish his plan. And listen, his plan is always greater than our plan. His plan is always multifold, multifaceted. He has many things that are connected to your next step. Many things that are connected to your next step. He wants you to be faithful. Jesus said, if you're faithful in the few, I'll make you ruler over much. A lot of, a lot of folks want to jump to the much. At one point in my life, I was like, I want to jump to the much. And the Lord would have to bring me back to where I was. Because I was, you know, had my head way out there and 15 years ahead. I was praying one time in January in my early 20s. And I said, Lord, 
I, I like this song, I surrender, I surrender all, I surrender, I surrender all, I surrender. And I saw myself surrendering again. January, it's always, you know, you go through that. Lord, I'm surrendering myself, I'm surrendering my life. And so I'm having this real intimate, real moment with the Lord. And I saw myself up on the altar. And he said to me in that moment, it was precious, but it was some direction in my life. He said, you don't have a problem getting up on the altar. Your problem is staying on the altar. <laughs> you, you come down too quickly. It's the same thing as being the, the, the clay on the potter's wheel and spinning off the wheel. <laughs> I mean, hey, we need to stay up on the wheel, stay in a place of surrender and submission. So if we want the Lord to speak to us, number one, we need to say, I'm open to hear. This is the last two points here. I'm open to hear. Say, everybody say, I'm open to hear. I'm open to hear. The Lord needs to hear you say, I'm open. I'm open to hear your voice. A couple of weeks ago, I used the illustration of Eli and Samuel. And Eli told Samuel what to say when the Lord called his name. And here's what he said. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm listening for the whisper. I'm, li I'm listening for the still, small voice. Lord, you don't have to yell at me. I'm not looking for something spectacular. My ear is bent to hear you. I'm cupping my ear so that I can hear just the slightest whisper. Building that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is so, so important in our life. And then I'm open to hear. And two, number two, I'm eager to respond. Say, I'm eager to respond. The Lord needs to hear you say, I'm eager to respond. I'm ready to go, Lord. Whatever you tell me to do. John 10, 27. Again, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. They follow me. They follow me. So today is the day that we follow God. And yesterday was the day that we follow God. And tomorrow, guess what? will be the day that we follow God. We follow him. We serve him. We commit ourselves to him. We're listening, and we will obey. We're going to take communion now. 